When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Eye on Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Ion Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. We are in the Meadowlands where the Patriots managed to find a new rock bottom. I didn't know that it was possible, but they fell to Tommy DeVito and the lowly Giants 10 to 7. Mark, is this absolutely like the rock bottom for the season? Guys, we've arrived. We've arrived to rock bottom. Let's talk about it every week. I'm like, guys, it can't get worse, right? It can't get worse. Let's go back to week four. Patriots get blown out to the Cowboys. I'm like, it's not going to get worse. Yeah. But then they get blown out by the New Orleans Saints, who are our worst team, and it was at home. I'm like, it can't get worse. But then they lose to Josh McDaniels and the Raiders before McDaniels loses his job. Mm-hmm. And then they score 17 points and a loss to the Commanders, who then fire the defensive coordinator because they're allowing too many points. I'm like, yeah, it can't get worse. They go to Germany and they score six points in front of a you know great crowd and they look it was just a laughable performance and I'm like there's no way losing to Gardner Minshew a backup quarterback can get worse well you know what here we are in MetLife Stadium it, they lost ten to seven to a third string quarterback by the name of Tommy DeVito an undrafted free agent it is rock bottom Chris it got worse there is no getting worse from here and this is why they're about to play the Chargers Steelers Chiefs Broncos Bills. And then Jets, who might have Aaron Rodgers. We can get back to the Jets. But my argument is this. The Giants were by far the worst team in the Patriots schedule this year. They were 3-7 and seven coming in here. People were really hoping for a top pick for a new draft, for a new quarterback. And the Patriots scored seven points. The defense allowed 10 off of two turnovers. And um, the Patriots are horrible. One of the worst teams in the NFL. It pro- I'd say probably behind the Panthers and arguably with the Cardinals. The Giants came into this game 28th in total defense, and the Patriots still scored one touchdown, and that was on a relatively short field after a kickoff out of bounds. It was so bad, and Bill Belichick's plan to, oh, I'm not going to tell you who the starter is, and we're going to have all the first-team reps all week. You know what happened? You had two quarterbacks that didn't look like they were ready to play because nobody got a full starter's workload, and they both might might not be that good. I, I don't think they are, but like... You didn't set either one up for success, and they were both a mess. I mean, Mac Jones came out of the gate, again, against the 28th-ranked defense, threw two picks in the first half, put the ball on the ground again. Then Bailey Zappi comes on in relief, has one touchdown drive that he's not throwing the ball downfield a lot. It was schemed up nicely, but then decides to hum an interception into triple coverage after that for the second game in a row. Just one of those, like, what are you seeing there, man? 
I don't know what they do at quarterback moving forward. Both guys are such a mess. I mean, they they cut Will Greer yesterday, who seemed like maybe they're like, oh, maybe he'll, you know, pop in and be able to do something. Malik Cunningham hasn't gotten uh he hasn't been practicing quarterback since the Raiders game. So that's still like a if that's not happening. No. So I have no idea where they go from here, but I know it's gonna be ugly. Um, it's it's gonna be ugly. And where do they go from here? I mean, you have to start Bailey Zappi. That's the truth. You have to give Bailey Zappi a full week of starter reps because Mac Jones is broken. We can get more to this later. But Chris, my opinion is you you roll with Bailey Zappi against Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers, a team that has also been struggling defensively. Um I, I I don't there's no way you can give Mac Jones another start right now. That's that's my qualifiers right now. Because the truth the truth is this of like Zappy gets hurt or Zappy's even worse, which guys, I gotta I gotta tell you a secret here. Bailey Zappy's not a better quarterback than Mac Jones, but right now he has more confidence than Mac Jones. He's not he's not losing it at any sign of pressure. Like Mac Mac Jones is broken. I know Bill O'Brien told me he doesn't believe in the yips. I do. I think Mac Jones has the yips. He cannot yeah. handle pressure. And, th- and that's what's happening. It's it, like Mac Jones is buckling under the pressure or whatever you want to call it. And Bailey Zappi isn't. And for that reason, Chris, I think he needs to start. What about you? And I think you saw that on Mac's two interceptions today where, you know, the first one is another like back foot, like, buddy, what are you doing? What are you seeing there? Throwing into double coverage um off his back foot and that was a play where like Ramondre there was a free rusher that Ramondre had picked up and he just needed to step into his throw if he was going to go there and he didn't do that again you know it was another lollipop and it was picked off the second pick there's another free rusher and that's one that he should just eat you know live to fight another day but he gets happy feet lobs another one up it's returned really far the Giants score their only touchdown of the day on a short field he's a mess right now he's just not giving them a chance to win Bailey Zappi has played four games this year. Chris, he's completed 48.7% of his oh, passes. Number, numbers going up. It was 40% last week, guys. 48%, 48.7. And the truth is the, the Patriots are clearly doomed. I think the worst thing that could happen to them, honestly, is that they win games because what they need is, a, is probably a top two or three draft pick. I mean, put yourself in position that either you get Caleb Williams and Drake or Drake made the quarterbacks or – you get Marvin Harrison Jr., who's a generational talent at wide receiver. I mean, if you were to come away with Marvin Harrison Jr., then in the second round, take a quarterback or trade back into the first round, take a quarterback, I'm fine with that. Go. That, that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be fun for us to watch and cover and write about in the offseason. But right now, the Patriots are in this situation where I, I'm going to say something that Chris is going to disagree with. I put Mac Jones's failure, like I'd say 30% on him and 70% on Bill Belichick. I'm going to break it down before Chris, I think, will disagree. Bill Belichick's failure to surround Mac Jones with a competent offensive line and competent offensive weapons has led to him self-destructing. I think at Mac Jones' best, like you're talking like a system quarterback, if everything's perfect, he could be a top 15 guy like he was in 2021. I think how Bill has built this offensive line after 2021 has led to Mac just having, frankly, mental issues on the field. In his roster building, guys, it's so bad that, like, there were times today Mike Gusecki twice ran the wrong route. I believe Pop Douglas at least once ran the wrong route. You had guys, even when Zappi was in the game, you had players running routes into each other. It is a disaster. And I blame the GM, Bill Belichick, more than Mac Jones. So I put it 70% on Bill, 30% on Mac. Oh, yeah. I think I think that fraction there, that percentage is <laughs> way off. You know, you're, you're at the point now where – 
Mac is what he is. He's not stepping into throws. He's not stepping into throws. You're an NFL quarterback. This is day one stuff. This is like, oh, you're playing Pop Warner. You know what you do? You you step into the throw. He's not doing that. You can, like At a certain point, he needs to take ownership for some of his failures. And Bill, you know, the Patricia thing, whatever. Mac had every excuse in the world made for him last year. And, you know, he took him. This year, he got Bill O'Brien back. And I know three offense coordinators in three years, not a recipe for success. You can keep arguing that. But, like, it's an this, argument. Was, this was supposed it's an to argument, Chris. It is an argument. It's but this was argument. supposed to be, you know, he was supposed to improve this year with he Bill was. O'Brien. He was. And they're all still, like, the same system to some degree. But, but he, he was supposed to improve with Bill O'Brien. And he's regressed horribly. And every single one of these picks is, like, what are you doing? What are you seeing there? It's not even like this is the, like, oh, you know, it bounced off someone's hand. It's a tip ball. It's, like. You're humming one off your back foot like again and again and again. He's making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And yes, the roster isn't great. You know what? Look around the league. A lot of rosters not great, aren't great. Like you're not gonna not every team can be the 49ers or the Eagles. Like that's just the nature of the can, league. Can you name how many teams can you name me that have worse offensive weapons, worse receivers than the Patriots? The New York Giants, who we just watched, those receivers were horrendous today they were worse than the Patriots weapons in this game so right in front of you there's one I I think that's the only one in the NFL and they they scored 10 points today which the Giants are not a good option but is anyone on the Patriots team as talented as Saquon Barkley I mean if you do like a hypothetically you do like a a weapons we're doing a a running backs thing a weapons draft no we're done we're not doing this this is is gross Mac just needs to take ownership at some point for I, I think you're you're skating by a causation for everything like like for example like the offensive line is worse than last year the weapons are worse i mean as we're speaking right now the raiders are in the end of the fourth quarter against the chiefs our guy jacoby myers five catches 75 yards one touchdown replacing him with juju smith schuster is for me one of those like unforgivable mistakes you you paid that guy a boatload of money to be your number one receiver and he's not He's not close to Demario Douglas. He's not close to Kendrick Bourne. And it comes down to knee issues, which is why other teams didn't want to sign him. So I look at the way they made, like, specifically right tackle, specifically receiver. I think Bill Belichick screwed the pooch. And I think the blame pie, the scapegoat here is on Mac Jones, who, by the way, is taking accountability. He even said, like, bad quarterback plays, the reason they lost. I, I appreciate Mac Jones at the podium just being like, it's on me, whereas Bill Belichick just won't say anything. For me, Belichick's thing's gotten old. But where I do agree with Chris is the Patriots don't have a quality starting quarterback on their roster, and everything needs to change. And I mean everything, guys. I'm, I'm not saying this personnel is good. This roster stinks, but Mac also stinks, and he's part of that stinkage. So the best I'll give you is a 50-50 split there. But I'm, I'm not giving you 70-30. That's, that's, too, that's too much. I'm sticking, I'm sticking with 70-30. We can, we can move on. All right, yeah, so the one exciting player on offense – might be out for a while now because Pop Douglas got absolutely destroyed on a punt return. That's upsetting. Mark, what was your first thought when you saw that happen? My first thought is that the NFL football gods hate us um, because all the fun players the Patriots have had this year have, have gotten injured. I mean, let's, let's start from the top. Christian Gonzalez was a lot of fun to watch. Looked like a legit blue chip prospect, a cornerback, potential number one shutdown corner, season ending injury. That stinks. Uh, Kendrick Bourne having the season of his life. Great guy with the media. Great quotes. Like fun player to watch. He's he was on pace to finish with over 800 yards. Like the very least, he was doing something. Season-ending injury that stinks. And Pop Douglas, the Patriots next up at their frankly their number one receiver right now. A six-round pick, Liberty. It was like wow, 
the Patriots have finally hit on a rookie receiver. This guy is entertaining. He's not perfect. He lines up in the wrong spot. He runs the wrong routes, but he's fun. He's electric when he gets the ball in his hands. There's really no one else on the roster like him. So when he went down with a concussion, there were two things that crossed my mind is that football gods hate us, but also how in the hell was that not a penalty? The guy got clotheslines, Chris. You know who really didn't like it was Devontae Parker, who I chatted with at his locker after this. I'll read you what Devante told me, but this is a family-friendly podcast, so I'm going to have to censor it. He said, that's some BS. The refs need to do something about that because that's some BS. They need to either throw a flag or something. He better get fined or something. This ain't no MFing wrestling. It's like, so you're surprised there's not a penalty flag? Yeah, I was. They need to get on their mother effing job. Yeah, I'm cussing. I don't care. It pissed me off. Devontae Parker is um has a a deep personal issue with um with these type of plays and, and it's because he's been knocked out twice. Um last year in I believe it was Arizona, um Parker suffered a pretty serious concussion. Um, I believe he missed two or three games after that, and the officials actually didn't catch it. And Nelson Aguilar, for those remember, had to get on one knee and like stop the play. It was, yeah, bad. It was bad. And then a couple of weeks ago, actually, I don't know how many weeks ago, it was against the Dolphins. All the weeks were blending in. With me, but against the Dolphins, he got hit in the head. Wow, that was that was four weeks four weeks ago today. He got hit in the head, suffered a concussion, and he missed he missed a he missed a trip to Germany. He missed the game against the Commanders because he got hit in the head, and a penalty wasn't called. And then that that guy, I'm forgetting his name, but anyway, he got fined. So the fact that the player who hit Parker got fined suggests it should have been a penalty. So I understand why Devonte is mad, and frankly, it's it's actually it's I think it's ridiculous. You have. The NFL takes such an puts such an emphasis on these plays, right? Player safety, and for that to happen in front of everyone, and for everyone to simultaneously be like, "What are we doing here, guys?" It's just it's plays like that that can't happen in the NFL, and it's plays like that that need to be you know penalized instantly. I mean, I'll tell you, the guys on the sideline were were really mad. I mean, Jabril Peppers wanted to fight someone. Uh, Christian Barmore too was barking at the other sideline. I mean, guys he were very fired up. Loves just trying to get into like anything that's going on. Like Barmore's that. <laughs> an enforcer, guys. You don't know know him. Barmore's the type of guy you want on your team because he'll have everyone's back. One one person that I've noticed is definitely emerges like the most likely to be involved in any sort of like post whistle thing is Farrell Brown on offense. He loves like blocking through the whistle. <laughs> there were like four times today where it was like, you know, there's the whistles blowing, blowing, blowing. It's like, who's still, who's still going? Oh, it's Farrell Brown again. I think you got to like that in the blocking tight end. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at this point now in the season where the Patriots are two and nine. They clearly are headed nowhere. I think with with Bill Belichick, Chris, I I don't think he's coming back next year. I'm at the point where I'm almost like, you know what? I don't think there's a chance he's coming back no. next year. As I've stated many times on this podcast already, I, I think he's failed as a GM. His draft classes have been bad. You guys know over the last three combined draft classes, the Patriots had four players starting tonight. That's that's bad. And one was one was Mac Jones. I I think at the end of the day, their failure to develop some of these younger guys, the failure to draft the right guys, have ultimately led to the Patriots franchise where it is at, at the bottom of the NFL. You can't, it's one, you can't win in the NFL without a really good quarterback, but you can sort of make up for it if you have a good roster. And, and Chris, this Patriots team, the more we watch it, they just, they they lack elite players with, with upside. And 
I think the best thing for this team going forward is a new GM and a, a new head coach, just a new, I think someone to take them into whatever we are year. I don't want to say the 20th century because I don't know what century we're in. 21st century? 20, yeah. We are in the 21st 21st, century, there we go. It's, it's been a long, it's been a long night. <laughs> we need someone to take them into the 21st century and say, hey, we need an offensive-minded, I think an offensive-minded head coach. And I, my, my hot take about this is I know everyone wants it to be Gerard Mayo because he's, you know, Patriot legend. He's been around and he's a head coaching candidate, but I'd argue for an offensive minded head coach. And and I think that's, that's the way to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at the team right now, the defense really isn't a major issue. Like this is the second week in a row they've given up 10 points and lost and frustration is definitely building on that side of the ball as it should. Yeah. hundred percent. Understandably. So where like we asked Jibril peppers in Germany about like the frustration level when you give up 10 points and still lose a game. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's a little frustrating. And you could tell that he like meant that. But then he he said all the right things. It was like, but if we make a couple more plays, then we win this game, yada, yada, yada. Basically said the same thing today. And so I asked him again, like second week in a row, 10 points, like the one touchdown you give up is on a short field. You know, where's the frustration level now? And he just kind of bit his tongue and said, we just need to make a couple more plays on defense, you know, and you really can't ask for much more from them, you know. What did let, we've got this right in front of us? What did they finish? What did the Giants finish with for total yardage? Two hundred twenty. They held them to two hundred twenty yards of total offense. Wow, ten points on a short field, and they still lost. You know, like I don't know how much more you can really ask for from that side of the ball. So I agree one hundred percent that like the offense here is just abysmal. It's so bad, and you need someone that can you know can really develop it where some of the play calling is just so predictable and it feels so archaic where I don't know if it's because like they don't trust Jones or Zappi to throw anything right now, but it's so obvious when they're going to run the ball and they still did it with success today. Like the giants defensive line and like their front seven kind of stinks. So maybe they should have run it even a little more, but like, it's just so predictable now that you need someone that can like really open things up because they're just not making any explosive plays. Well, that's the thing is that is they're not because they don't have explosive players and they don't have receivers who can constantly beat NFL cornerbacks one on one or or in man coverage. That that's an issue. I think it's really easy to play the Patriot offense. I mean, you play man coverage on the receivers and you try to stop the run. Like it, it's really basic. Like Bailey Zappi and the, the offense's best drive really came on a series where Zappi was throwing mainly screen passes. You know, yeah. like one of the biggest gains was this like little screen pass to Tyquan Thornton, who took it 15 yards, put him on the six yard line, and Ramondre Stevenson plows the ball into the end zone. I mean, if the Patriots want to try to win, that's sort of their game, right? They have to throw short passes, they have to run the ball efficiently. It's it's not great, but that's who you are when you don't have you know great great weapons. All right, so from this absolute stinker, there we go. Who would you give your player of the game to? It's a really, really good question. Not going to be someone on offense. It's not going to be someone on offense. I am going to go with Jabril Peppers against his former team. He had a sack and a fumble recovery. Jabril Peppers is having a good season. He's he's been he's been pretty good. I think there's a couple guys on defense you can go with, but I would I would start with Jabril. Yeah, I'm going to go Christian Barmore for this one where every... That was my second year. 
he just like this is definitely the most consistent stretch of his career and you're starting to see like the potential in the player like this is why they traded up for him you know in the early second round of that draft yeah where consistency's always been the issue with him but he's stringing these together he's playing early downs and he's really disruptive you know he ended one giants drive with a uh pass batted down the line of scrimmage registered another sack and he's getting a ton of attention on that defensive line and i think that's helping free other guys up in the pass rush too where this was actually the first time really since judon went down that the pass rush was good yeah six sacks and like they sped tommy devito up all afternoon but ultimately it didn't matter because the patriots quarterbacks were the patriots quarterbacks 100 man all right well thanks for following along we'll catch you further on down the trail and thanks for listening This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live. <laughs>